and consented to this record being released to public record requesters who may see you, your home, and your family members in the recording. Participants need to be mindful of what is, what is within view of the webcam and within range of a microphone. Chair, the floor is yours. Good afternoon. Um, when we called the meeting to order, I didn't do a roll call. And since Barb is still, this is your second meeting. Do we just want to go around and do kind of names real quick? Perfect. Barb, would you start today? Sure. My name is Barb Wolf, and um, I am obviously new to the committee and appreciate being here. Great. Nan, you're next on my screen. Oh, you're still muted, Nan. Sorry about that. Um, you never know it, but I've been on the committee for a long time <laughs> um, and have enjoyed it very much uh, and worked in the early childhood uh, community for a number of years on early childhood brain development. Thank you. Lisa, you're next on my screen. Hi, I'm Lisa Berry, and I'm head of school at Woodland Montessori School. Right, Sylvia? I'm Sylvia Ramirez. I'm the Vice President of Administration at Madison College, and then I also have a child in city-accredited childcare. And Dr. Navarza. Hi, I'm Depesh Navsarya. I am a pediatrician um, uh, here in Madison at UW-Madison. And Becky, that's all the committee members on today, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Great. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to read a little script and then we'll go to public comment. Um, in a virtual meeting like this, it's particularly important that we carefully follow Robert's rules of order. Therefore, please do not speak until you have raised your hand and been recognized. I will ask for a motion and second with each agenda item, um, unless it's noted as a discussion only item. Any members wishing to join debate or move an amendment will also can also raise their hand and be recognized and then unmuted. Uh, similarly, if you have other matters to bring to, the to my attention, such as a point of order or discussion or request, please raise use the raise hand function. All right, so public comment, uh, Becky, anybody? There is none. Okay, so agenda, so then we will do, right, the first agenda item. Um, no, we would do the approval of minutes and then disclosures, and then we go to the second item because the first is public comment. Perfect, okay. So I am seeking a motion to approve the September 8th meeting minutes that were included in the packet from Becky. So, so moved. Okay, perfect. I heard Depeche first as a motion, Nan as a second. Is that okay? Sure. Perfect. Uh, all of those in favor can raise their hand. Perfect. Any opposed? All right. Motion carries. Okay. So next is. Um, Disclosures, All right, Becky? Sorry, I'm an off day. I apologize to everyone. No, I, I'm right here. Disclosures and recusals is the next one. Okay. We have standard ones already filed. So just asking members to use the raise hand function if there are any additional disclosures or recusals of any agenda items. 
All right, seeing none, we can move on to public comment. And that's agenda item number one, file number 74558. And still nobody back here, right? Nobody. Okay. So then new business. Okay, so agenda item number two and the child care unit hiring update. Again, file number 74589. And I'm assuming I'm turning this back to Monty. Yes, thank you. So exciting news in the world of hiring for the child care unit. We have a conditional accepted offer um, for a, a new bilingual pro child care program specialist. And I'm really excited to have this person. The only reason is it is conditional at this point is we're navigating the language exam process at the city. It's a brand new process. Uh, it's, I think it's only been used once up until this point since, in, it's, since it's been developed. So um, we're looking at how to administer that, how that gets done, how it gets reimbursed. And so we're, we're navigating that system right now, but this person probably won't be starting until the beginning of next year anyway. So we have time to navigate that. And I think it's going to be a really successful hire. And I look forward to bringing them back to the February meeting, no, January meeting, and introducing them to everybody on the committee. All right, any questions from committee members before we move on? All right, seeing none, we'll go to agenda item number three, the Family Child Care Accreditation Services RFP. Not hearing anything from Becky. I don't think there's any registered speakers. So I'm gonna return it over to Monty. Great, so good news. We have completed the RFP process for our family child care accreditation services. We had uh, two applicants. It was, it was very close in scoring. Ultimately, and this was announced yesterday, letters were sent to the applicants that Satellite Family Child Care System, who is the current provider of services, uh, did make it on top at that RFP process. So we will need a motion to continue on and send a resolution to the Common Council to, to be able to make a contract with them. Um, but I'm happy to answer any questions about the process or the RFP that any committee members might have. I'm gonna open it on the floor first if others have questions. Okay. If oh, go ahead, Depesh. Sorry. Thanks. Um, just was wondering about uh, what your overall impression was of the RFP process, and um, just are 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 is it is it meeting our expectations? I guess is what I'm asking. That's that's a great question. Uh, so this is my first large RFP process here at the city, and it is a very different than the process I have been used to at the state level. Um, so. I think we've gotten a lot of great insight in how we can improve that process and then the timeline that it takes to get things completed. Um, so I do anticipate our next funding process, which is in early spring next year for the general overall early childhood process. We'll have a lot of public and stakeholder input. We'll have great timelines. We're aligning it with the community resources team and their funding process as well. So really working to make those connections and ask providers and families and technical assistance providers, what is it that we can do from as a funder to help make this better? So I think there's some improvements to be made. 
Um, but it was an enlightening process. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Sylvia? I was curious if you were happy with the number of respondents and if it was more or less than you've gotten in the past. So I, I was okay with the, the number of respondents. I think the work that we, we do at the city is so unique in terms of just the childcare unit itself that I wasn't surprised to get uh, only two at this moment, especially considering the state of the field and, and the world as is. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot the second part of your question. Is that more than you've gotten in the past? Has it typically been just one or do you usually get more than one? Oh, well, well, we actually had two this year. Um, yeah, but I mean, in the past, have you gotten more than, is it is two typical or is two high or low? Two is pretty typical. I think, I believe the last one had uh, about four interested parties, but only two applications. So um, it was about to be, it was as expected. Perfect. So I kind of got two questions. If you could remind us of the amount, that would be great. So that's one question. And then the other one was, you said you're going to be pulling in with the uh, uh, community services group. So part of my report later, but they talked about how they're trying to um, kind of put equity into the review process. So will that be for future or are we able to do that with this review process? Great question. So the, the total contract amount is uh, two, around $280,000. And previously it was at 257. We allocated funds from our tuition assistance program this year because it's it's being underutilized ever since the beginning of COVID so that we could then add an extra $30,000 to the contract for this service. And, and as of right now, we have one family child care provider who is uh, supporting a family in the tuition assistance program. So the goal of those additional funds is to provide active outreach and technical assistance so we can get more children in family child care providers. So, um, in terms of equity, that was definitely key in terms of who we had on our team or on the panel, I should say. So we did, I don't, I don't know how much I can share being new at the city, but we did have uh, a member from an outside agency, a collaborating agency um, who has nothing to do with the contract weigh in on the RFP process. So uh, this is a person who has a lot of experience in diversity and equity. And so I think we, we did a pretty good job of, of navigating that. Great, thank you. Nan, it looked like you had a question. Yes, uh, a few years ago, probably four or five, this committee took an in-depth look at family um, care. And at that time, we found that the number of providers were decreasing and rather significantly. Has that trend continued or are we picking up more providers? That's a good question. So in terms of group providers, we're staying about the same we were five years ago. I think the city supports are really doing a good job of stabilizing that field. In terms of family child care providers, we have seen a decrease. I wouldn't say it was, would be an unexpected decrease because a majority of those leaving the field have, have either gone to work in the new developing state systems of shared services and then providing that expertise within that system, or they've retired out of the field. So we probably have seen a decrease of 10 to 15 providers in the last few years. Um, 
but I think a lot of that is just, you know, there were new opportunities coming up. You you don't make very much as a family child care provider. I believe the average is about $7.49 an hour. And then uh, a large group of retirements due to COVID. That does make it more difficult for our families that are looking for family care providers. So. Great. Any other questions for Monty or the team? Okay, then I want to see if somebody is willing to entertain a motion. See if I get this right. We need a motion to uh, continue uh, with satellite family care for the family care accreditation services. So moved. All right, Depeche, second. Nan, all right. All those in favor, either say aye or use your raised hand. Aye. Perfect, great. Since everybody said aye, none opposed. Great, motion carries. Thank you. Okay, agenda item four, a little bit of a repeat here. Um, it's a request to accept an application from the Eldo Leopold uh, Nature Center. Not hearing anything from Becky, so there's probably no registered speakers. I'm gonna turn it back over to Monty. Okay, so in the last month or so, I've had the opportunity to connect with the childcare administrators at the Aldo Leopold Nature Center. And so they have a couple different aspects to their program. The, they have a nature-based preschool, they have an after-school program, as well as they provide summer camp services. They're, they're regulated, they participate in Youngstar, they are very intent upon providing high quality services to their neighborhood. Now, technically their address is in Monona. Uh, their property borders the city of Madison um, and even part of it I believe is on city property, but the actual program building location is in Monona. So I asked them some questions in terms of what, what does their population look like how many residents do they support? So their nature-based preschool currently has 40 students or that are city of Madison residents, and that is out of 77 total. So that's a 52% of their nature-based preschool uh, are city of Madison residents. Also this year, they began an after-school program. And that program, they provide transportation for students at Henderson and Nuestro Mundo Elementary School um, as of right now, it's 12 children, but 100% of those children are city of Madison residents. And I think one reason why I believe this unit should, should look at committing resources to this is because they've really stepped up to help provide that after school gap for city of Madison residents. Um, they also provide an after school nature club. Uh, there are 19 students, 18 of those students are city of Madison residents. They provide a vacation day or no school day programs. Last year, I believe, was about 125 students, and 72% of those were City of Madison residents. They also have a summer camp um, that provides that provided care for 560 children throughout the summer, and 309 or 55% of those students were City of Madison residents. 
So currently, they don't have any preschool students who are participating in Wisconsin Shares, but they are slowly expanding that option. They have one family participating in Shares in the, the after-school program, and they had eight for the summer camp. And last year was the first time they accepted with uh, families payments from families participating in Wisconsin Shares for summer camp. Um, we should add that they have their own uh, structured costs. They scholarship families, including 40 families for preschool, six students out of the 12 for after school, and 32 summer camp. Um, they don't have a lot in terms of diversity. They have less than 25% if we're looking at uh, race or ethnicity or homelessness status. But yes, if we consider families who are making less than 400% of the federal poverty level. Um, and then they would have 25% or more diverse populations for their after school program. Uh, it is a non it's a private nonprofit, a 501c3, and their revenue comes from program fees and donations. Uh, the program itself has been in operation since 1994. They, they don't care for infants and toddlers, but do start at age three. And then their hours of care do not exceed uh, 6 p.m. on a weekday. So with all of that in consideration, I would like to pose the recommendation that we accept their application and begin providing them support services toward accreditation. But I welcome any and all questions. Questions from committee members? Sylvia. Um, I was curious if for their I know you said they provide after-school care for MMSD schools, but I know for their vacation day programs, um, they largely build that around the Monona Grove School District. Would they be building more around MMSD? Because I think this year, my kids, my kindergartner has signed up for a couple of them because those were the days that aligned, but most of the days they offer care are not the same days MMSD is closed. That's a good question. And I will take that back to them and ask. I think. I'm not sure that they had planned for that at length. They sort of put the school age program together pretty quickly when they saw mm -hmm. that there was this big need in the area. Um, but that is definitely something we would look to support in terms of our, our financing and technical assistance and any grants that they may need to support that program. Yeah, well, and I've heard great things about the preschool, so, but I was just desperate for vacation daycare, so. <laughs> Depeche, questions? Is there, um, are there any considerations that we need to be examining around precedent? Um, you know, just, just thinking ahead for a theoretical future where someone else who's located outside the city of Madison says, well, you approve these folks, why not us? Um, do we need to actually be thinking about criteria or something like that so we can actually say that we made the decision objectively and that we don't get an application from someone who's um, making up something outrageous on purpose, but like, you know, 50 miles away who says, well, we actually do serve one person because, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that is a, a great suggestion and that is criteria that we, we can and should develop. We have a few programs right now that are accredited that are not uh, 
in the city. Um, and one I know one is in Monona. I believe there's another one in Shorewood Hills. Again, ma mainly serving city residents. And so that's what we've been looking at. If they had, currently the criteria is if you have 51% or more of residents in the city of Madison, we will begin to you know, talk with you and work through your programs as long as you, you sort of meet the other values that we have in the city, whether that's scholarships or diversity or filling the needs such as after-school care. But I, I do think a firm uh, policy should be brought to this committee so that we can all use that as our baseline. Yeah, thank you. As long as there's some sort of guidance that uh, allows us to say that we're we're being equitable in how we're approaching this. Thanks. Good. I saw Sylvia next and then Nan with hands up. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, in light of Depeche's question, like, is it is the current standard that it has to be within the geographical boundaries, regardless of how many residents they serve? Because I could think I could imagine, right, that there's centers that are in Madison serving mainly non-Madison residents or, you know, I don't think that it's you know, my center is very much in Madison, but I know we serve, you know, that there's families there that don't live in the city. So I wasn't sure if that's standard. I mean, I assume that if there was a policy, it would be something about geography and then who you're serving. Yeah, the, the current policy is, is about tax dollars and property tax dollars and where those go. So we, we look up every location on the city assessor's website. And if their properties property taxes go to the city of Madison, then we don't dig any deeper in terms of really population served. That's something we'll, we'll factor in mm -hmm. in the application process. But if their tax dollars go directly to the city, then they're eligible for accreditation. So that's that's our, our bar right now. Thank you. Nan? Do we prorate assistance based on the percentage of Madison students? Again, it's definitely something that we we factor in in terms of caseloads and applications and where they might fall in terms of priority. But uh, in terms of the assistance or the funds that we provide them directly, that is not factored in. Is there a place for cooperation with Monona on this uh, endeavor? So there I would hope so, and I would like to get that conversation started, especially being that Madison is surrounded by some fantastic communities, and we are seeing our providers uh, slowly move out of the city because the cost is so much, and it would be great to be able to partner with Fitchburg or Monona or some of our surrounding communities where City of Madison residents are taking their children, um, but we currently are restricted by the the tax funds that we can support. So that is a that is a goal to build those relationships. Okay, thanks. Perfect. Sylvia, another question? Yeah, sorry. Just to clarify, like the private nonprofits don't pay property tax, right? So are you does it matter if they have it or do, is it just whether they're a, like they're within sort of our record, like the city records, or I'm just curious, sorry, it's, that's like super in the weeds. <laughs> no, that's a really good clarification to make. So you're you're right, the nonprofits don't pay the property tax, but if they did pay the property tax, where would that go? And then that's what we use to determine if they're eligible or not. 
These have been some great questions. Um, any additional questions? Okay. Not seeing any, is anybody willing to uh, entertain a motion that we that we accept the application from Aldo Leopold Nature Center? I'll move. Sylvia, we'll move. Second. Depeche. Okay. All those in favor, either say aye or use your raised hand. Right. Seeing everyone, um, <laughs> and I'll just ask the air, anybody object? Okay, if not, uh, motion carries. Okay, our final new business uh, agenda item is uh, file number 66209, and that's the Community Services Committee report. That's me. Um, last night we met, <clears throat> and it was to finalize the funding recommendations for the youth young adult and adult employment, um, and that got delayed. Um, the committee will meet again uh, November 21st um, to finalize that. And I can't think of any of them that were connected kind of to um, early you know, childhood or any centers, but that was a reoccurring question for a lot of uh, the employment places. Like, do you provide childcare? What are you doing for families? Um, so that was a reoccurring question that came up. All right, just double check with Becky and Monty. Nothing else? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, then since it's 3.05, I just need to ask for a motion and a second to adjourn. I'll make them up. Oh, Nan got it. <laughs> Nan got this one first. Yep. Sylvia, uh, second. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, uh, any objections to recording? This is an anonymous vote. All right. Not seeing any. Uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.